and welcome back to the pod. Here so we don't get fined. My name is David. <laughs> My name is Thomas. And you are in in store for a soccer and baseball pod. If they were in a store, why would they be listening to a podcast? Uh, because you should always be listening to our podcast. In a store? Yeah. If you're going to do that, use headphones. Don't be one of those people. Or, I mean, listen, if you want to do some guerrilla marketing, like, no, we won't pay you. But I don't want us to get popular because of people being obnoxious. I mean, that's I, a lie. I would, I would, I would. Popularity is popularity. Yeah, it's yeah. like a win in sports. Just don't do it in our stores. I don't want to walk down the aisle and hear someone playing their podcast. So, what if it was our podcast? No, I would not want to hear that. Yeah, that would be awkward. Yeah. Be walking down, be like, huh, good thing we don't have video yet. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if you do it, just don't do it in White House. Or let us know. Yeah, we're the docs us. I, I'm pretty sure people know where we live. I mean, we've, we've been pretty cagey about these specific towns. I mean, technically we don't live in White House. I, you know, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Technicalities. Technicalities. People don't know? They do. Yeah, yeah. Also, maybe they think we're talking about the White House. But you know what people... We could live there. You know what people uh, probably don't know, or enough people don't know about? What's that? Paul Stratton. Who's that? Uh, In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. I knew that was coming, dude. Yeah, you should have known. He is an Everton fan. Is that uh, all he is? Uh, no, no, he's he's a municipal worker in Liverpool, England, uh, and he uh, also made his debut for Everton at 44 years old, where he scored a goal taking a penalty against Dynamo Kiev. Kiev? Yeah. Uh, but uh, you might be wondering, wow, 44, making his debut in professional sport for a Premier League club, that seems kind of odd. Also seems kind of odd that Everton was playing a Ukrainian team. Uh, Can I just say, the way you're leading into this is very awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. You want me to, you want me to <laughs> restart? Okay. Re- I just, what many people probably don't know is Paul Stratton, who is a municipal worker who debuted for Everton. At 44 years old. That's not what I sound like. So you may be asking yourself, 44, that's old. That's not To what start I, a professional that's, sport. That's not what I sound like. That's exactly what you sound like. You can't. You have these weird pauses and just like. It's called building suspense. <laughs> building suspense. I thought about taking a pause in the middle of the word suspense, but I, ah, I, my ah. brain got there too late. Building suspense. okay okay let's let's try this normally okay paul stratton he's a municipal worker in liverpool i already told you that long time everton fan got the honor of fulfilling every professional sport fans dream and that's suiting up for their club of choice and scoring for that team Uh, The reason he was given this opportunity was behind the scenes he had done a lot of work with the Ukrainian refugees going into Poland. He's made three separate trips to Poland to assist any way, shape, form, or fashion he can. He's helped out financially. 
He's even brought 200 pounds worth of chocolate for the kids who are fleeing Ukraine, as we know, or in the middle of this For our more war. ignorant Americans listening to this show, uh, when he says 200 pounds, he doesn't mean 200 pounds as in weight of chocolate. Oh, yeah. 200 pounds as in have, the money. 200 yeah. quid worth of chocolate. So for us... Like, if we were saying the same thing, it'd be $200, which, like, yeah. obviously the prices aren't... I mean, it's like a one-cent differential yeah. between the dollar and pounds. So um, yeah, but it's Paul like Stratton... It's like 198 U.S. dollars. Paul Stratton is a great guy who, again, uh, working for the government, the yep. municipal department in Liverpool, was granted, uh, I think they called it a substitution, so someone came in and did his job for him so he could go do this. Yeah. Uh, flew 1,300 miles to Poland... To go to the Polish-Ukrainian border. And uh, in doing so, he was there for weeks at a time. He helped kids. He helped adults. He actually started the GoFundMe and raised money uh, for not only the people coming in to get basic supplies to live. Like food, uh, rent, stuff like that. He also raised money for flights back to England for refugees who were going to seek refuge in England. And he even paid for the workers that were there in Poland uh, to buy food and water for them as they were on patrol and on guard. So he's literally been supplying financially, also supplying his own uh, volunteer hours and working himself, not just money, but actual work as well, uh, to not only the refugees, but also the hard workers of Poland who have been helping these refugees come in and out. And in multiple facets, everywhere from basic living needs to flights across the continent uh, to even, like you said, those small gifts of chocolates for those kids who obviously are going through something horrendous uh, and they really can't quite grasp it. So just a small gesture of offering that chocolate is, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, uh I can't say enough about how great of a person this this has to be. To, I mean, to put your life on hold to go help others whose lives have been completely uprooted. I mean, it's as far as wholesome sports stories go, I'm really struggling to pull one out right now that I find as impactful, if not more. I mean... I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not trying to discredit the man, but, like, I'm sure I could if I, like, you know, wasn't on a microphone like with a timer. Like the you know. Do what? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just talked a couple weeks ago about guy beating cancer, coming back to play majors. No, we did. We did. Yeah. We did. I think they're... I mean, like... I, this I one is like, super wholesome. I feel like there's a difference there's a between, like, pers- like, overcoming personal... Yeah. Uh... I don't want to say issues because that kind of feels like it's discrediting the other two. I get what you're saying, though. A personal battle versus people you've never met and yeah. normally would never have met unless you put yourself out there like that. Yeah. Uh, but the story started. Uh, he's been a longtime ticket holder for the Everton Club, who, by the way, escaped relegation this season. But Lester didn't. Lester did not. <laughs> but Baker, we will. We will get there. He doesn't listen to this. Yeah, I know. Uh, we'll get there, though. Uh, so, uh, Can I tell you something really quick about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. 
Absolutely. I'm waiting to taunt Baker about uh, Lester getting relegated. Yeah. Because he currently has in his possession two shiny Pokemon that I caught in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Mm-hmm. And a member of my Pokemon team that I'm doing on my next Scarlet run that you can't get until like end game. So I need him to trade me those mons so that I can have them before I can properly taunt him about his favorite team being one of the bottom three teams in England. So, so your your plan of attack on this is to taunt him on the podcast that he doesn't listen to, but no, um, no, no. Don't worry, I'm going to taunt him personally. Yeah, no, but like you, you're. You just taunted him already. Well, yeah, because I know he's not going to listen to this, is I'm what gonna, I'm saying. I want to tell him to listen to the no, first Thomas, like, 10 minutes of this pod. If he listens to this and he doesn't give me my shiny nimble, that's uh, what I really want. The shiny nimble? Yes. I feel like you're doing some reverse of psychology right now. It's a bug dark type Pokemon. It's the first one of its kind. It evolves into low kicks. It's, re- it's one of the best early bug Pokemon ever. Pro- maybe the best. Okay. I think okay. people have a soft spot for Caterpie because it evolves into Butterfree. Butterfree is a terrible Pokemon. Whoa. Butterfree's not a good Pokemon. It's a... super duper weak. It's got low defenses. It's four times weak to freaking rock. Like, it's not a good move. It's not a good Pokemon. But, it, like, bro, you just need Sleep Powder and Confusion, and you just want Sleep tap. Powder hits 75% of the time, and Confusion's not even stabbed, and it's only 50 base power. I thought Butterfree was Psychic. Bug Psychic. Bug Flying. Oh. Four times weak to rock. Ooh. Weak to ice, weak to electric. Why are you Weak so... to fire, weak to flying. Butterfree's not a good Pokemon. Oh. I'm tired of people thinking it is. It's a great Pokemon. It's not. It's cute. It's nostalgic. It's not a good, viable Pokemon. For a run in a game, for a Nuzlocke, for competitive, it's not good. What? I just went... Full nerd, and I apologize. Yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of this wholesome story, and I'm you're so just sorry. like, meh, Pokemon. Paul Stratton, you didn't deserve that. No, no, he didn't. But let me tell you how the story unfolded. So yes. he was waiting in his seat for the game to begin, and all this was caught on camera and documented. Uh, one of the club officials approached him and said, hey, we're a man short on the bench. We need someone to fill the seat, basically. Uh, how would you feel watching the game with your favorite players? And obviously, as any fan would, he readily jumped up and said, "Yeah, let's do it." They had him sign a one-day contract under the guide or under the guys yeah. under the guys under yeah. the guys like we're a man short. Yeah, under the guise You're of sit on the bench the whole time. Yeah, under the guise of we're a man short. No one can sit on the bench unless they're technically a member of the club they had a a custom jersey made for him and like honestly i feel like that should have been the first like hint you know also one of my favorite parts of the video uh they said all right let me get someone who can come in here and make this official and frank lampard the manager of everton yeah walks in and you see this guy just oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah yeah uh you might be wondering isn't frank lampard the manager of chelsea uh, he is right now. Uh, this is this, is, this is an older story that just kind of, you know, sometimes stories move slow across we oceans. Yeah, yeah, we just saw it. We thought it was cool. We wanted to talk about. Anyways, as the game progresses, he's sitting there, you know, being a courteous individual, not drawing attention, all that jazz. Being the, that's an irrelevant part of the story. Uh, they get up and they're like, all right. It's, it's over. Thank you for being a good sport. And they're walking down. 
And then Everton is awarded a penalty in the last moments of the game. Uh, Frank Lampard runs him down in the tunnel and says, hey, we have a penal. Uh, I'm thinking about putting you in the take it. Uh, so he's like, how about you go do some warm-ups? Come back out, run up the pitch a little bit to get loose. Uh, and there's this really uh, funny moment where he does his little jog up and down the sideline, and then he comes back and sits down. He's like, well, I'm already winded. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, you know, these professional yeah. soccer players. And then uh, Lampard's like, all right, you're in. Uh, take off. You know, like uh, bench players wear this like jumper over their jersey. Yeah. Uh, so he takes off the jumper and he's like, you serious? And he's like heading toward the penal spot. And he, he must have turned around and asked if he was serious like three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he takes the spot, kicks the ball, it goes in, and you just see this man's dream come true. The light in his eyes, the joy in his face. And it is beautiful. Uh, Everton players run up to, you know, give him props and hug as he celebrates in front of the Everton faithful that he is usually a part of. Yeah. It, it's just an incredible story. And then he ended up receiving an award at what I believe was like the UK version of the ESPYs, where they, he was given a standing ovation by a ton of sport entities and sport superstars. And they really broadcasted his story out there. And it was just, once we saw that, we wanted to, share the story because it's genuinely a beautiful moment of humanity and i feel like sometimes especially in sport we kind of lose the humanity aspect of it yeah we like we've said a couple of times like you know athletes are people too but so i mean so are fans you know and well, it's some of them yeah. some of them are pieces <laughs> of human garbage but. yeah no but we thought it we thought it was a great story to really push out there and we wanted to talk about it here yeah, I, mean, I think it's. Um, I, th- I think we forget how crazy it is that Ukraine is even in this war. Yeah. Uh, or lasted a week. Uh, like we like Russia had Ukraine outmanned, outgunned, outstrategized, like out everything. It was supposed to be a two day um, conflict. Yeah, and the entire war, the entire war, the entire world backed Ukraine basically. Yeah. With a few exceptions like North Korea and China, but whatever. Um, point is, the entire world put backing into Ukraine. And uh, obviously, the conflict is ongoing, but Ukraine has had a lot of positives and negatives and whatever. But I think it's easy to forget uh, over the last year just how crazy this began. This was when it began. Um, people were leaving in droves. Homes were being destroyed. Children's and families' lives being uprooted. We saw videos of kids trying to learn in school underground while the walls are literally shaking. Uh, and so this man, who is a government employee... Why, why yeah. do I talk funny on this podcast? Employee. 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 Anyway, uh, this government employee decides to uh, suspend his money, his income. He decides to put his life on pause uh with his brother by the way his brother was also involved in this not to the same extent that paul was but a little bit um and he chooses to put his life on pause for weeks at a time to raise money to fly across his entire continent 
This is like a Canadian flying to the south of Mexico. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, significantly less, but Europe's smaller. Um, flying across the continent to help people that he's never met because they need help. Period. End of story. It is an incredible act of humanity, like you said. And uh, I think it's really cool, too, for for a football team to kind of see this and want to recognize it. Because yeah. a lot of good deeds go unnoticed, unfortunately. Uh, and so I, I love the idea of noticing them when we can. Uh, and Everton doing this, it's a class act. This was a, it, it was called a match for peace. That's why it was between Everton and this Ukrainian club. I'd imagine that penalty was kind of scripted. It was absolutely, did you see the goalie? Yeah. He was like, oh no, I missed it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Can we talk about how embarrassing it would have been? And he just skied that mother, like just right over the- that would have been I imagine tough. he he kicked it very soft and very down the middle, so I imagine he did that intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm like you, man. It, it is just this beautiful story of humanity, of compassion, of recognition. Uh, so great on the part of Everton. Uh, and, and then obviously just huge, huge stuff from uh, a random government employee who uh, didn't have to. No one would have batted an eye if he didn't, but he did anyway. Uh, so, congrats to you, Paul Stratton. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal job. You're oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know he's uh, going to listen, so I just had to shout him out directly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, do your thing, do your thing. Uh, yeah, no, um, well, the reason we started off with that was, as we alluded to, Everton escaped relegation by two points in the, at the end of the season, thanks to a one uh, nil win over Bournemouth, thanks to a lone goal by Ducure. Ducure. Who's that? That's the pronunciation I'm going with. Ducure. Yeah. TV. Yeah, fair. fair. Uh, yeah. I so, uh, unfortunately for Everton, I and I think maybe part of the reason why the story got pushed out again. Uh, a lot of the fans were very upset by how the season went. Uh, you know, uh, finishing barely past, ver- barely out of relegation is not what some people would call a satisfactory season yeah. at all. Uh, but on the other end, as we mentioned, uh, Leicester's going down, Leeds is going down, and Southampton is going down. Uh, the last time we talked about soccer, we also mentioned a very exciting and and fun story not fun in the same sense of our first story but it was a fun story nonetheless uh luton town secured promotion in the playoff final so they will become the or they have become the first team officially to go from the premier league down to non-league football back to the premier league let's go luttonton uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the videos of what their stadium looks like. It's literally like walking down a crowded street of homes. And then suddenly there's a like 10,000 capacity soccer pitch <laughs> that looks like a high school soccer pitch. It looks with similar walls. to Nelson Road, if I'm being honest. Because like Nelson Road from uh, Ted Lasso. Oh. Because Nel- Nelson Road is down like a residential street. Yes, but like... At least Nelson Road, like the side, the sides of Nelson Road are like 
This is a football stadium. There's yeah. not going to be homes built on top of it. And and Luton is more like Luton Town is more like a village than a city. Yeah, and yeah. Richmond is a city. Yeah, like um, a lot of the people in Luton, uh, their backyards touch the outer walls of the stadium. Like it is jam packed in there. So it's going to be super. It's going to be kind of similar to what I imagine Coyotes fans deal with. Watching their team play in a 5,000-person arena and then go to other arenas where there's 30,000? Like... Here's my question. Okay. How, like, how early will I be able to put every dollar currently in my bank account on Luton Town to win the Premier League next year? That is an aggressive approach. I obviously would not do that. That is a very aggressive approach. They've been promoted in... Every single league they've been in, I mean, come on. I mean, they're on pace to win the Prem in the next three years. Years. I I mean, hey, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a stance right there. No, obviously the unlikeliness of it is vast, but it's still a super cool story. Um, man, we're just like. All about wholesome stuff today. Yeah, yeah. Now, don't worry. We're going to be talking uh, about the Boston Reds you wanna, soon. You want to hear something that uh, a lot of people are unhappy about? Uh, you know who Ryan Reynolds is, I'm sure. The actor? Yes, the actor. Uh, they, uh, they've upset some people. You might have seen their last uh, post from AFC Rexman. Uh, it's not the ad, the nature of the ad. If you will, it's the fact that uh, Wrexham is apparently somewhat close to Stoke City, and there's a bit of a natural rivalry there. And they have partnered with Stoke Coffee, so their stadium will be the Stoke uh, Racing Club. Like that will be the name of their stadium. Uh, so, so it's 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 ruffled a few feathers. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, Stoke offered Wrexham a bunch of money to yep. be their sponsor. Yep. If they're from Stoke or whatever, I imagine they offered that team the money too, and they said no. So that's your own fault. They took the money of the highest bidder. This is like the same thing when you were all butthurt about Heinz Field. That, like Whoever offers the most David, money David. is going to get their name on the stadium. David. Period. David. T is crossed. I is dotted. David. End of story. David. I under I hear what you're saying. Also, it's only been Heinz Field for like 20 years. It's not even that historic. Uh, I know it's been Heinz Field the entire time that stadium has been. And how long has that stadium been there? That's not relevant. Point is, it's not that historic. David, 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 David. Listen, listen. I understand what you're saying. Makes complete and logical and total sense. You didn't see me get upset when they changed it to... Uh, LP, not LP Field. What? Nissan Stadium. That's because no one cares Field. about the Titans. Or Lucas Oil Stadium. You didn't see me get upset. I thought it was always Lucas Oil. It was a RC Dome? The RC Dome? Well, that's a dumb stadium name. Lucas Oil is much better. It was not dumb when RC Cola paid them a crap ton of money for their name to be on it. David. And then Lucas Oil paid a lot more money. I understand what you're saying. I hear you. And had it been any other team, I would agree with you. Now, this would be different if it was Yankee Stadium, which it has been called 
for 120 years. Okay, so let me ask you this. What if it was... uh, The Coca-Cola Yankee Stadium. I would be upset. Do you know why? Because it's historical, yeah, Because it's been called Yankee Stadium for 120 years. Listen. Adding to that would be dumping on history. Yeah, but think about the money. It would be so much money. Baseball's a dying sport. They need the money. We're one of the richest franchise in American sports. And in the most dying American sport, you guys need money. And we make more money every single year. Listen. And if the rest of baseball dies, what does it matter if the Yankees still have the stadium? They won't. Because the sport is dead. Yeah, but The wh- Yankees can't play in a dead sport. So why do we need more money? To... Uh, that way you don't lose everything? You you gain a little bit more before you lose it all? I don't know. What listen, do I care? Listen, if in five years my team's not playing... Listen. What do I care? Listen, I understand what you're saying is logical and it makes sense. I understand that. And had it been any other team, I would be in complete agreement with you. But when the Steelers are playing football and anything to do with the Steelers... I, I like to think of myself as a very rational sport fan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> of the time. You mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. That rationality flies out the window. Oh, okay. Okay. As long as you can admit that. As long as you can admit that. I am am an irrat... I am one of the masses when it comes to the Steelers. I'm the same, but with all of my favorite teams. (laughs) Not just, like, the Colts. Yeah. I I am uh, irrational when it comes to Bayern. I am irrat... You know how many times I've argued till I was blue in the face that the Bundesliga is competitive? At least, <laughs> at least three times in the last week and a yeah. half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I am crazy when it comes to the Yankees. When it comes to the uh, Preds. Preds. When it comes to the Colts. I'm even crazy when it comes to LeBron James. Although LeBron I don't think anything James. I say about LeBron is that crazy. He's legitimately the goat. But uh, Bill Russell. I mean, over Michael, sure. Oh. I'm just saying. Either argument you take. If it's stats, it's LeBron. If championships, it's Bill, and neither one is it Michael. I'm, that's all I'm saying. You were you're gonna get some. F- also, okay, back. just just since we're on this, real quick, okay. I promise I'll make it quick. Can you guess how many playoff series Michael Jordan won before Scottie Pippen joined the Bulls? Uh, wasn't it zero? The answer is it's either zero or two. One of those two. Okay. I think it's zero, or it might be one. Zero to two. Can you guess how many winning seasons the Chicago Bulls had with Michael Jordan before Scottie Pippen? One, two, zero. Okay, but hold on. Can you me... guess how many wins? Hold on, hold on really Can you fast. Guess how many hold on, wins? hold on. Something doesn't make sense though here. If it's two series wins with before Pippen, how do they have playoff series wins if they didn't have winning seasons? There were three NBA teams this season that had a losing record in the playoffs. People say hockey's a bad sport. NBA is a terrible sport. Last question. Okay. Can you guess the, or I guess two more technically, but they go together. How many wins the Chicago Bulls had the year after Michael Jordan went to the Wizards? I, 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 I wouldn't even know. 55. Yeah, that's pretty good. Can you guess how many wins the Cleveland Cavaliers had the year after LeBron left. 
12. 17. Oh, I'm closer than I thought I would be. Yeah, but who was on that roster? There is imp... But that's the point. That's the point. Ky- Ky- uh, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were still on that roster when LeBron left. I thought that that was his second stint in Cleveland. Well, I guess that's... Uh, yeah. That's And that's what I meant. Okay, yeah. Kyrie, the, the world's is, most notorious needing propped up by other is, superstar player in sports. The point is, LeBron James has averaged a conference finals appearance... Every single season he's been in the league, Michael couldn't even get out of the first round without Scottie Pippen. The point is, when LeBron left his team, the team was in shambles. When Michael left his team, they were still the number one team in the NBA Why? and had a legit shot to win a championship. Why are you so... When you talk about impact Why? on a team... Why are you so pressed right now? Because I told you I get irrational! <laughs> we weren't even... We just had this conversation! I know, but we weren't even talking about basketball. You're right, you're right. Anyway, point is, I get irrational when it comes to my favorites but outside of that i think i'm a pretty rational sports fan (laughs) all right you're right i'm not (laughs) i wish man we need to figure out video asap because all i want is for people to see that face i didn't say anything yeah but your face said it all you're right i'm not (laughs) (laughs) david that's the only reason people listen to real, this podcast. Reeling this back in. For me, at least. Reeling this back in. Yeah. Okay, do you remember no. that's the stat that you had about uh, teams who get promoted and then relegated this, the following season? Yeah, the, something like 80% or something like that. So what if I told you the three teams promoted into the Premier League last year will still be in the Premier League next year? Wow. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. So Nottingham Forest uh, made a lot of headlines after they signed 30 players oh. going into this new season. Uh, spent And they only spent like 120 million pounds, too. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, like, they made like, like four mil a player. Yeah, and they spent, I think the, the record, like the, the highest they paid for a player was 25 mil for former Manchester United, uh, I don't want to say wonder kid, but like. B uh, grade actually, prospect. I'm pretty sure I said Wonderkind. Wonderkind. All right, chill it, Shelly. Get it. You remember the scene where he's like, he's trying to make me. Roy is all mad. He's talking to Keely. He's trying to make me care about Nate, whose last name I don't even know. And Keely goes, it's Shelby. And he goes, no, it's Shelly. And she goes, huh? And he goes, I don't like being tricked. <laughs> Roy Kent is a top 10 character of all time. Oh, of all time. I thought you were going to say in Ted Lasso. I was like, boy, he's a top three character in Ted Lasso. Is top three not top 10? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, fair, but like... I'm just saying. I think he's three for me. Three? Who do yeah. you have above him? You're not going to like me. Is it Nathan? No, God, no. What? Okay. okay. Nathan's barely clawed his way back into the top 10. I Listen, you've been high on that Nathan Redemption arc. I mean, he listen, no spoilers. Nathan's still bad guy. I didn't guy. give anything away. Still bad guy. Still good guy, actually. We don't we don't know where you're at in the show. Nathan is perfect and horrible and perfect. I don't... Anyway. Uh, no, number one... Way to not listen, give anything away there. Probably. I should say this. I'm not counting <laughs> Keeley. Okay. I'm not... Or not Keeley. Ted. I'm not counting Ted. Yeah, you can't. You can't count. He's, like, he's, I, the, he's the best... If it was Ted... Yeah. If Ted was involved, he's my automatic number one. Yeah. He might be my second favorite character in television ever. Yeah. No. Third. Ted's Ted's amazing. Third. You're top- Sean. Sean? Yeah, yeah. Of television ever. Oh. Sean. Uh, 
from Psych. Yeah, Gibbs from NCIS. Okay. Mm, yeah, Gibbs from NCIS and then Ted Lasso. Um, I've watched NCIS three times. I've okay. only seen Ted Lasso twice in this that, that I mean, it's, it was almost like three times. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe Ted's above Gibbs. Ted's above Gibbs. But no, Gibbs. I love Gibbs. No, dude, Gibbs... I, and I'll admit, I think nostalgia plays into that a bit, but I, I gotta have Gibbs it too. Okay. Anyway, Ted not in the equation. Okay. Keely Jones. Okay. Jamie Tart. I love Jamie Tart, dude. Roy Kent. It's poopy. You it's just, all poopy. You just gotta let it flow. Give me the tape. Uh, Jamie Tart might be my favorite character. We're a team, ain't we? Strictly because his character. Oh, the same kid. Is heavily influenced by Jack Grealish. Yeah, he was my favorite soccer player. Played for Aston Villa, my favorite club. Who finished the season qualifying for Europa League qualifications? What I mean by that is, uh, if you finish one through six, you automatically get a spot in the Champions League slash Europa League, which is like diet Champions League. And if you finish seventh, (laughs) you have to play one more game against the other another club who. Didn't do well enough to outright qualify, but, you know, last one in kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, but Nottingham Forest, of the three clubs that were promoted, Nottingham Forest finished in 16th with 38 points, four points out of relegation. They were in relegation the entire season. Wow. Until they just it started clicking. Uh, then you have Fulham. Who is, never mind, next up is Bournemouth, who finished one point ahead of Nottingham Forest with 39 points. And then lastly is Fulham, who finished 10th with 52 points. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, there's some building blocks there. Things might get interesting. 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 Are you making fun of me? A little bit. What? You just, like, you do this thing where you don't sound Southern. I feel like I don't sound Southern, though. Uh, because you're not from the South. You're from Pittsburgh, right? And so you don't sound Southern until you say certain words. Like, interesting is the word. You don't say that. You'll just be talking normal, and then all of a sudden you'll say, could get interesting. You can't breathe You that. don't add the I-N-G. You'd, interesting. Like, everything is normal, Pittsburghian even. And then, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, things could get uh, interesting. You'll call us Yenzers or nothing? Sorry. Yeah, get it right, get it tight. Yeah. Listen. Uh, very, very sad baseball fans. I started a new job. The Pirates are coming back down. But uh, I'm sorry. And that's kind of caused some issues with like scheduling just a little bit. Not enough, but a- enough for me to be like, meow. Don't judge me. <laughs> you said meow again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you didn't even have to do anything this time. No, that's just how good I am. Uh, that's just how good I am. You ever pick up a phrase and you're like, why did I ever pick this up? And it's just so ingrained that, like, you can't. I meowed my mother the other day. (laughs) (laughs) I was just spit on my water. That's awesome. She called me early in the morning and I was like, okay, meow. (laughs) And she's like, okay. Get some sleep, like the sweet, caring woman she is. I I will say this. Your use of the word meow is very versatile. It is. And like, it, you always know what I mean. Yeah. Because like sometimes it's like you need something. Or you'll be in the middle of playing a video game. And I'm trying to talk to you. And you go, meow. And it means come here. 
Or sometimes you're in an argument and it's, meh, meaning you're right, but I can't prove you wrong and I don't want to admit you're right. Or sometimes you're playing a video game and you get killed and you go, meh. It's like. I don't, I don't believe that last one. It's very versatile. Anyways, I was I, I I just lost my train of thought. So, oh, okay. I start. We were talking about my southernness when yes. I dip into it. Uh, I do wine tastings and like tourism and all that is a big thing. And uh, the other day, I slipped into a hard southern accent, <laughs> and I could not. Like normally, when I recognize what's happening, I can like stop for a second and like pull out of it. I could not break free of it, dude. I literally walked... I have to break free. Calm down, Freddie. I uh, walked back... Is that a Queen song? Yeah, Freddie Mercury. What do you know? Yeah, the more you know. The more you calls. There you go. Uh, I walked behind... I walked back behind the, uh, like, the back room area, and I, like, zenned myself, and I'm like, pop, Pittsburgh, warsh. <laughs> Just any, like... Kabasi, like any northern thing I could think of. I have never heard you intentionally try to be southern, but I have no doubt in my mind that it's horrible. My, I, I wasn't, in, I wasn't intentionally trying. It just like, yeah, but I feel like if you did, your southern accent would be, like, well, howdy, y'all. How are y'all doing today? I don't want to do it right now because I don't think I can do a good job. There's a lot of pressure. That's fair. Yeah. You don't have to do it. <laughs> that one was intentional. I swear. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, wrapping up the soccer stuff. PSG won for League One in France. And Bayern secured their 11th consecutive <laughs> Bundesliga title after all Dortmund had to do. All they had to do was win. Was not fumble the bag. You want to know what's funny about it? Tell me. Mines, the team Dortmund drew, mm-hmm. was a ninth place team yep. with 12 wins, ten or 9 draws, and 12 losses. They had a minus 1 goal differential going into this game. This was a game that Dortmund would walk over yep. six days a week. Dortmund's not a bad team. But on the 7th, they... Absolutely ate too big a bite of German sausage and absolutely choked. They drew a terrible team. Bayern Munich gets the win. They have the same amount of points, but because Bayern Munich has a 15-point higher goal differential, Bayern Munich wins their 11th consecutive Bundesliga, baby! Best team in Europe. You're being loud today because we listened to the pod, an old pod earlier and you noticed how quiet you were. I've also moved my mic closer, yeah. so I might be way too loud this Yeah, time. yeah, you are. You I'm going to listen to it when we get listen, into man, it. Listen, man, a blind squirrel is right twice a day. I don't understand what that has to do with this, even remotely. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, just because something is designed to go one way on paper, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's fair. Like, for instance, possibly the Jets this season. But that's a discussion for the future. Uh, that wraps up all my soccer stuff. Solid. Bingo. Bango. Bongo. I'm just glad we talked about Bayern. Um, but in the realm of sports, specifically sports ones. no one cares about, except 
one of us. We're going to baseball. Boom. Uh, so we talked about baseball a while ago. We were 30 to 35 minutes in. Uh, we were 30 to 35 minutes in. We were 30 to 35 games in, games <laughs> in to the season. Uh, when we talked about it last, now we're a little over 50, 50 to 55 games in. So we figured, why not give you guys a little bit of a... Really fast. Yeah. I know that's not what time we're at, but like if that's what time we were at, that would have been, been great. That would have been a really like... yeah smooth way to let me know what's going on we should get like a buzzer like we're a little over 40 right now we should get like one of those buzzer clocks that like hangs on the wall you know solid boom uh but anyway so uh about 50 to 55 games in depending on the team uh and so figured we'd give you guys a bit of an update a lot is the same a lot is different uh so we'll just go ahead and start first of all we said it once we'll say it again the oakland athletics are historically bad. What an ironic name for a team that bad. The Oakland A's have played 55 games. Another ironic name, because they do not be getting A's on their grade card. The Oakland A's have played 55 games. Yeah. I want you to guess how many wins they have. Do you remember how many wins they had through the last time? I think three. Oh, no. 50 games. 55. 55. 14? 10. Oh, I wanted to guess 9, but I didn't want to undercut it, you know? But, like... The A's yikes. are 10 in 45. <clears throat> in 55 <throat> games. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are historically good. Best start they've had to a season ever. Uh, they're 39 and 17. Uh, the Texas Rangers, surprising a lot of people, 34 and 19. The crazy part about the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays is their run differential. The second closest team behind, or the, I guess the third closest team, but the closest team behind the Rays and the Rangers is the Atlanta Braves with a plus 62 run differential. The Tampa Bay Rays have a plus 119 run differential. You mean the Tampa Bay Bruins? No. The Texas Rangers have a plus 128 Never mind. The Texas run differentials. The reason I bring up their crazy good run differentials is to give you kind of uh, like plus 62 is the third highest and then it jumps up to 119. That's how crazy these run differentials are. That's how like... Crazy high 119 and 128 is compared to the rest of the league. Okay. I only say that only to got... tell you about how crazy low the A's run differential is. Oh, no. <laughs> the A's have lost 11 straight. Again, 10 and 45 and 55 games. Their run differential is minus 199. David, I have a question to ask you. Is it at all remotely possible... <laughs> Is it just even like a fraction possible that someone (laughs) at the A's is smacking trash cans to send pitching signs, but they're deliberately sending the wrong ones? It's minus 199. Oh my gosh. Well, like before you said that, I I decided I was going to make a Houston Astros cheating reference. And I was going to be like, has anyone checked the trash cans around Texas? But that is... Minus 199. 
In 55 games, they have been outscored by opponents by 199 runs. That's an average of almost four runs per game they're losing for 55 games. And they've lost 10. So really, in 45 games, they have been outscored by almost four runs per game. I'm not going to pretend to know the history and, like, what's a historical low. I also don't know that, but I know that's crazy. But if they stay at this pace throughout the season, which surely, like, like we talk about how, like, good numbers are unsustainable. Yeah. Like, th- this has to be unsustainable. I I would imagine so. If, But let's just say, for hypothetical purposes, they sustain this pace. They would finish the season... With a minus 648 run differential. Ish, yeah. No, I, I just did the the mathematics with my calculator. 4 times 162 is 648. I don't know where you got literally any of those numbers. You said they're losing by average 4, four runs a game. Yeah. So 4. Oh, times 162. Which is the number yeah, of games yeah, yeah, played yeah. Okay, this season. Okay, I see now. Yeah. I see now. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. That'd be pretty bad. Yeah, 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 man. They're Oof. they're very bad. They've lost eleven in a row. Um, absolutely terrible. But is that a? That feels like it should be a crime against humanity. It should be a crime against A's fans. They should get paid to come to baseball games. That's for sure. Reparations. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Free which, season hey, tickets. They're doing that. Um, but no, man. It's just absolutely wild to me how bad the A's are. It's hilarious. <laughs> Also, what's hilarious, how bad the Pirates have been. (laughs) Last time we talked to you guys about baseball, we talked about how surprising and amazing the Pirates have been recently. Uh, Well, let's just say water always finds its level. The Pirates, who were at one point... Not in Oakland. Who Pirates were at one point, uh, I think at one point, second in the league. And at one, the last time we talked, I think they were seventh in the league in Major League Baseball, maybe 10th, somewhere in there. They were playing really well. Uh, have found their level. And by level, I mean level. They're 26 and 26. Uh, 500 right now, 52 games into the season. So um, not great. But a team that was 52, or uh, not 52, a team that was 500 the last time we talked, is uh, now playing really good baseball. That would be the New York Yankees. Playing in Coca-Cola are, Yankee Stadium. Who were 17, yes. Who were 17 and 17 last time we talked. Who are currently 32 and 23. Have found their way to 7th in the league. 3rd in the American League East. If it wasn't for unprecedented season by the Rays and the Orioles. They would be, you know, not far behind. But they're only two and a half games back by behind Baltimore, six and a half games behind Tampa Bay. We still have over 100 games to play in the Major League Baseball season. So a whole lot of fun. A lot has been going on. Uh, other than that, a lot of things remain the same. The, the AL East is still the only team in baseball with five teams with winning records. The AL East is far and away the best team or the best division in baseball. The Texas Rangers... The Baltimore Orioles, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks are teams that continue to surprise by staying in the top part of the league. Just incredible. Baseball has been a lot of fun this season. A lot of surprises. A lot of things we expected. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Rays, all really good teams. 
Boston, unfortunately, playing pretty well. Although they are... Are they fifth in the division? Uh, I believe they are fifth. No, they're fourth. Uh, they have the same record, but one fewer loss than Toronto. Uh, but, nonetheless, baseball's been a lot of fun this season. A lot of good stuff happening. The Yankees are finally playing well, so... I mean, Don't worry, all of you can stop worrying. The Yankees are indeed going to win the World Series this year. It was fun earlier in this season. Not so fun right now. <laughs> but other than that, again, a lot Don't of the league has been me? kind of the same. The Pirates have found their level. The A's are still horrible. And the Rays are still playing at their historic pace. So baseball's been a lot of fun. Check it out. I'm excited for October, man. Yeah, yeah. Especially if this keeps up, some teams that are going to be there in October are going to surprise a lot of people. No, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, I think there's been some buzz about Boston. Yeah. Am I getting ahead of myself? This is, no, not at all. Uh, This relates to baseball. Okay. But in order to relate it back to baseball, we got to go to basketball. Okay. So as you are aware, most of you, I'm sure, because we've talked about it. Uh, the Boston Celtics have are trying to make history. The Miami Heat went up 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. And since then, the Boston Celtics have fought back and won three consecutive games to force a Game 7. Now, no team in NBA history has ever come back from down 0-3 in the Conference Finals. Period. End of story. The Boston Celtics want to make that happen. There's been a question... On ESPN, on Twitter, on Reddit, people have been asking, is this going to be the most significant comeback in Boston sports history? And to that, I say hogwash. Oh, I thought they were talking about in sport history. No. Oh. Well, that was that was the question on first take this morning, which is just absurd. I agree. But uh, they were... A lot of the places I've seen have been talking specifically for Boston, for the city of Boston. And here's the thing about this comeback. First of all, they never should have been in this position. Miami was an eight seed. Miami was not supposed to be in this position. Uh, The Boston Celtics were the second best team in the East, the second best team in the NBA overall. Their roster is better. They've been playing better. They've been one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in the entire NBA this season. They're supposed to be here. Miami is not. They lost the first game of the play-in this postseason. They played terribly all regular season. Not supposed to be here. So Boston coming back from a 3-0 deficit in a vacuum is fine. But when you consider the two teams and how much better one is than the other... It's not nearly as significant as the 2004 ALCS for the city of Boston. Let me tell you what happened in the 2004 ALCS. First of all, the Boston Celtics, Boston Celtics, the Boston Red Sox at this time not been to the World Series in like 60 years or something like that. It was the second longest drought at the time for a World Series behind the Chicago Cubs. Again, at the time, both of them have won. Since, yeah. since then. Uh, but the Boston Celtics were down to the AL East winners, the favorites to win the World Series that year, New York Yankees, 3-0, in, or 0-3, I guess, in the American League Championship Series. The Boston Celtics 
then stormed back to win in seven games and move on to the World Series for the first time in something like 60 or 70 years. First of all, just the fact that the opponent was the best team in the American League, the favorite to win the World Series, automatically makes it more impressive than, uh, and the Boston Red Sox that year were, I think, third in the ALC, or the AL, or uh, third in the division, sorry. So take that and swap, and that's what you have in this Celtics Heat series. The Celtics are the second best team in the league. The Heat are an eight seed. This shouldn't even be a thing. So automatically, that makes the comeback more impressive. Secondly, the rivalry between the Heat and the Celtics doesn't exist. Meanwhile, the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees are the greatest rivalry in all of sports, let alone baseball. The it Definitely the longest rivalry. Definitely the best, but we can argue that one. But it's definitely the best. The most hardcore fans have literally gone to prison over this rivalry. I mean, the same thing has happened with Auburn, Alabama, though. And so I want you to, to color me this. Okay. What is more Purple. important to oh. you as a fan? Your team coming back down 3-0 against a team you never should have gone down 3-0-2 to begin with, or a team... Coming back against the giants of the sport to take them down with your little stone, as you are called, David. But not only that, a team that you have been taught and groomed to hate for your entire life. A team that you despise with every fiber of your being. That's the team you come back and beat 3-0. You want to tell me that this has more significance to the city of Boston than the 2004 ALCS? You don't know anything about sports fandom, idiot. I bet, Chris, when you were saying that spiel about, like, the team you hate more than anything just made a, like, a disgust face and thought Philly. Yeah, probably. But that's what I'm saying. Tell me this, Chris. Chris, you. What would you... And Turner. He's a Dallas fan. What is better? Coming back in the uh, NC, NFC Championship. NFC Championship, thank you. Down 30 in the fourth quarter against the Lions? Or coming back against the Philadelphia freaking Eagles? Passionate. Which one is better? Which one is more important to you as a fan? More important to the city of Dallas? Obviously, it's coming back against Philly. The 2004 ALCS is one of the most incredible comebacks in sports history Period. Significantly more impressive to the city of Boston. And it... I literally sobbed. I cried. I, as a Yankees fan, was legitimately inconsolable as a 10-year-old little kid watching this horrific atrocity happen in New York. And you gave me a hard time for crying when the Preds went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, but crying over sports... Yeah, no, I cry over sports all the time. What are you talking about? What was the point of that discussion? Because you're a wuss. You're a wuss. Anyway, do we need to tell people how much you cried watching a movie the other day? No, it was a very touching movie, and I, I anyone who watches it and doesn't cry, you don't have a soul. Part That's that. Yeah, for sure. Listen. Anyway, the all, I say all that to say this. Okay. 
Boston, people are acting like this is going to be some sort of incredible thing and so meaningful for the city of Boston. They've won like 20 championships in the I last 20 it's... years. Um, they have won plenty. Is it going to be cool? Yes. But for a city that at the time had didn't have many championships in any sport except the NHL and I guess the Celtics. But at the time, for this, that city... To overtake the team they overtook, being down 0-3, it being a massive rival, them being the giants of the entire league of baseball for really the last 100 years, I think that had significantly more impact on the city of Boston, on Bostonians, on the Paul Revere lovers. That had significantly more impact than if the Celtics are going to win tonight, which is which would be awesome and it would be historic, and I'm not saying it wouldn't be great. But for me to compare the two as impact on the city of Boston tells me you know nothing about what it means to be a sports fan. Ooh, that was, that was a nail in the coffin right there. Now Hmm. you said after that conversation, you had something that was going to piss me off. I want to hear it. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's going to upset you, Oh, but I think it will upset some man. I was excited to yell at you. Um, First off, let me just say this as a precursor. Uh, I have two precursors, I guess. Uh, first off, I don't really view this as much as uh, as much as English, dude. As much as a comeback as I do a collapse. Okay. Uh, secondly, I'm going to operate under two assumptions here. Okay. And I know what they say about assumptions, but just rock and roll with me. Assumption number one, Boston completes the comeback and wins. Assumption number two, the Dallas Stars complete their 3-0 comeback. I think the Dallas Stars comeback would be more impressive. And I don't think it's really that debatable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you go I down, agree with that 100%. You go down 3-0. You, you lose your captain, first of all, for games 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. Uh, game 6 is going to be dropping the puck here in about 30 minutes from when we're recording. Uh I th- I think that that's a tr- like that's miles more impressive because like we saw a team that looked like they had mailed it in for the season and had given up, and then suddenly they start playing with this spark, this fire, this passion. Yeah. Like it is, I don't like. I'm not saying that the Celtics haven't, but like, and this could be this could very well be bias, but like I don't think it's really that much of a discussion. I don't see like. There are certain opinions I have that I legitimately don't understand why no one else understands it. You know what I mean? Like, And I feel like everyone has that. But, like, for instance, uh, uh, Doug Peterson should have been the runaway coach of the year. I don't understand why that was even a debate. I certainly don't understand why Dayball won it over him. Um, but, like, the significance of taking one of the worst franchises in the NFL – uh, who had by far the worst culture in the NFL to winning their division. And Are you talking about the Giants? The Jets. Or the Jets? Jets. Okay. Like, I don't see how Doug Peterson was not easily the favorite and was not easily the winner of that award. No one has been able to explain it to me. Whatever. I don't understand why people aren't talking about the importance of the seeding in this comeback. Yeah. Against. Uh, Boston or Miami and Boston, like 
Miami's not supposed to be here. They lost the first game of the play-in. They had a horrific, not horrifically bad, they made the playoffs, obviously, but well under expectations in the regular season this year. Jimmy Butler has been pedestrian in this series. In the whole series. Even when they were up 3-0. Yeah. Like, they are an eight seed. You are the second best team in the entire NBA. You should beat this team 10 out of 10 times. So winning four in a row against a team that you should be able to beat 20 times in a row is not as impressive to me as, like you said, this team who is the two seed in the uh, three seed in the West, two seed in the Central. I think they would have been three seed overall. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but the third Vegas best was team the one. coming back against the best team. Like a that, star-studded again, best team. The David beating the Goliath is a lot more impressive than the Goliath getting knocked to his knees and then getting back up and punching the crap out of David. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't understand why that's not talked about, but that to me is significant. That to yeah. me has meaning behind it. Well, but I agree with you. I think the Dallas comeback would be significantly more impressive. Especially, like, even look at roster construction. Vegas is a better team than Dallas. Miami's not a better team than Boston. Yeah. But hopefully uh, both of those hypotheticals will come to fruition. I don't know. I want the Heat to win. Uh, yeah, no, but if it does, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah, oh, so well, like, that's true. So, like, for <laughs> content true. purposes, bo- hopefully both of these come to fruition and we can dive deeper into it. That's fair. But listen, I don't know which one you're hoping for. Uh, I don't know. Why no one doesn't, why everyone doesn't just agree with me all the time. Oh, I do know that. But, uh, listen, I don't know about you, but, uh, we're just here so we don't get fined. (laughs)